Just as a reminder, this is part two of a two-part episode. If you haven't heard part one, please go check out last week's episode before jumping into this one, because we'll be picking up right where we left off. Welcome back to The Dark Side. I'm your host, Brianna. And I'm Dyson. And this is Dark Adaptation. bothered Goldia the most is the officer's account when it comes to finding the abandoned car. So the officer claims that the car was turned off and parked on the side of the road. He claimed that there had been a female in the car, yet it's also reported that there was no one around and the car was deserted, hence why it was towed for being abandoned. And the officer told his superior that the car was empty, there's no personal belongings to catalog, that sort of thing. Whereas we already know it's not true. Goldia literally found very important things in there. Yeah. Goldia has no idea what the truth is and how the car was found. She doesn't know if it's true that it was turned off and parked on the side of the road. She doesn't know if the car was idling in park, in neutral. She doesn't know if the driver's door was open, ajar, closed and locked, closed and unlocked. She doesn't know Mm -hmm. because the officer just is not helpful he won't speak to them and like reiterate his story or recount it again and she also is so frustrated because she doesn't understand how the officer could have known that there was a female driving the car and with the car if it was abandoned yet the car was reportedly abandoned with nothing in the car and some people argue that the officer meant evidence of foul play or things like drugs and weapons when it comes to nothing being in the car but it's still suspicious if you're just going to give a blanket statement of like there's nothing in the car just because you don't see like direct is, sign of a struggle or blood or something there's still things in the be car in his paperwork right it should be in his paperwork but no there's not really any paperwork oh okay it's just what he says Oh, okay. If there's paperwork, it's like so minimal. It's just car. Um, the paperwork includes a 911 transcript of whoever the anonymous caller is that said, hey, there's an abandoned car out here. Come take care of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the responding officer in the report, it talks about um, his process of like getting there, finding the abandoned car calling the tow truck which apparently he called a tow truck to go and tow it away like before he was even on scene Mm -hmm. it was already coming like dispatched to go and meet him there okay and him saying i guess well it was just turned off and on the side of the road but like we don't actually know that because that's just what he says in his very minimal not detailed report at all and won't speak to anybody again about it Okay. I know. Yeah. It's my, I can't imagine how Goldia, Goldia feels because my brain was like fucking swelling to the size of a melon. So Goldia also questions why the car was towed so quickly. Mm-hmm. It was sitting there for 
anywhere between like 20 to 40 minutes before an anonymous caller called 911 and saying like, yo, there's a car here. Then the officer arrives and has a tow truck on the way. Then you wonder like who calls 911 because we're in this like sketchy ass area in this deserted area where there's not a lot of traffic who's taking the time to call 911 to be like come and get this car that's just sitting here unless the officer is lying and it wasn't just turned off parked off onto the side of the road maybe it really was just idling there in the middle and it was in the way mm-hmm. who calls 911 yeah about a park car parked on the side of the road yeah no one so yeah um goldia calls or calls she has asked repeatedly to have a transcript of this call of the 911 call to see if it will give any information to see if the caller says like do not tell me something happened to the tapes she's just denied them she's not oh they've never given them to her she's has never heard them not even read a transcript she has no idea what this caller says but she wants to know because what if they are saying, yo, there's a car just sitting here in the middle of the road. Like, someone's got to come and take care of it. Because mm-hmm. who who calls 911 because a car is parked on the side of the road? No one. In this area, especially, they don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, that part is so frustrating. And then on top of it, Goldia can't even get access to the call in, of, in any sorts. She's even said, like, fine, don't give me a tape. Give me a, like, redacted transcript or something. But, yeah. like, I'm want something and they're like "Mm, no that's wild to me so yeah that just all goes in with like why the fuck was the car towed so quickly like depending on the location of the vehicle and whatever this area of illinois has when it comes to like parking violations but for the most part like deserted cars that are just parked on the side of the road are given like a warning or like a little ticket or something that's saying like hey final warning like we're gonna tow your car if you don't move it yeah why was this one towed like pretty much immediately yeah that's that's so fucking weird yeah that car was either idling in the center of the road and mm-hmm. that guy was either i don't know i'm trying to imagine why the fuck a cop would lie about that and i don't think he did anything i don't think he did anything either or meant I, to i think he's just being a lazy yeah i think he but then i don't think he showed up on scene Probably not. I think he, because the car, the tow truck was probably already dispatched. He probably just went, go fucking pick it up, take it out, because I I got other shit to do. That is so true. You're so right. He probably never went there. Yeah. He was probably like, what? An abandoned car? I don't give a fuck. I don't have time for this. Yeah. And that's how the the tow truck was already dispatched. Yeah. All I'm imagining is like, uh, I would have thought that you can file an FOA, uh, FOI, I mean, on Freedom uh, of Information Act. Yeah, on a uh, dispatch. For sure, but they can still deny it. They can't. They could easily say like, oops, we don't have it. Yeah, they can't. They would lie, but then they would get in a fuck ton of trouble. Like a, a... Or maybe she has and they've said like, well, it's still an open investigation. We can't give it to you. Yeah, they will find ways to stonewall you. Yeah. Because it's Goldia. Look, she gets what she wants if she wants it enough. Mm-hmm. She's fighting for her kid and they. she still has, at least as of 2021, never seen this transcript in any form that's so yeah i just don't like it when someone's hiding something like that something's wrong yeah for sure i never thought about it though that the cop probably never even went on scene he was probably dispatched to go help this tow truck driver make sure he's towing the car 
right or whatever but Mm -hmm. you're so right i would bet money he never even went there because it's this like deserted area like no one it's not a high traffic area by any means you're going to instantly see the 1998 chevy blazer abandoned yeah especially if it's in the middle of the road yep which is probably man i'd be talking to this tow truck driver right away trying to find an answer i'd be talking to them so you know how i said like oh there's no sort of inventory taken on the car like not really any paperwork is done Mm -hmm. which is annoying because like regardless of what type of paperwork is done when it comes to towing a car taking inventory regardless of what type it is there is paperwork that is done mainly if you're towing a vehicle there's something called a tow sheet that's documenting like i'm towing this vehicle for like a million reasons pre-existing damage so we know it didn't get damaged on its way to the exactly you're in like taking inventory Mm -hmm. also because you take inventory of everything that was found inside outside of this car so that when whoever comes to claim their vehicle you can say no look at this sheet this is everything that was cataloged when it comes to this car so no that wasn't found with it or whatever yeah or this was found and, with it. It's not no, yours. No, the fine. tow truck drivers did not steal your wallet. Right. Yeah. So that is like the biggest thing that's at least included as a tow sheet. Plus, for your purposes as an employee out in like the streets, basically, they got to know where you were, what you picked up, what you were towing when it comes to fuel, like literally everything. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't even a tow sheet done. So the only thing, um, was like when it comes to the car being logged or recorded is that it arrived at the lot that's it like they know that that car arrived in the lot and it was put into some sort of designated spot and that's literally it okay so um like i've mentioned a few times now ninth street and st Clair ave which is where this car was found um according to google maps if you looked at it now there's like a roundabout in the area but that's new. It's only been there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So when Phoenix was driving this route, there wasn't a roundabout. Right. It's just a shit, lame-ass intersection. Um, the scenery of the entire area was totally different. Low traffic, basic four-way intersection. It This car being turned off, pulled over onto the side of the road would not have created this urgency to tow the car immediately. It, <laughs> It's so mm-hmm. fucking annoying. Yeah. Um, since 2011, there's been like major land developments. There's been like new roads paved and that roundabout being put in all along the area in 2011, along the sides of the streets and stuff. There wasn't any, there wasn't even sidewalks. There was some buildings, but they were like dilapidated. There were, half of them were abandoned. It's like a totally different world out there right now. Yeah. But at this time, it was not a good area. Yeah. So um, apparently, the police report mentions that there is this female with the vehicle. Like I said, the officer said in some regard that there was a female with the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that bothers Goldia because she doesn't understand where this comes from. So she's, she wonders if maybe they when they towed the car or when if the officer did arrive on scene or whatever the fuck happened maybe they just saw the name goldia on the insurance card and just assumed that she 
left the car. She had been in it and left it for some reason. So mm -hmm. they just said like female abandoned vehicle or something. Yeah. That's she's like, I don't understand. That's the only logical explanation she has. I don't I don't get it. Me neither. I don't understand how the fucking how the fuck yeah, okay. Anyway. And that's what <laughs> I know. No, that makes no sense. Like, there's zero. There's a huge fucking gap. Like, how the fuck do you have that person by the car, and then the car's towed? I don't know. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. And even if that was the case, if Goldia is like speculating on it, is right that they saw the insurance card that said Goldia, assumed correctly that it was a woman's name. And was like, oh, it's a female's vehicle, I guess. Female was with the car and abandoned it, whatever. Then they would have known whose car it is because they saw the insurance card. So why didn't they call her or contact her in any way yeah. to say, hey, did you leave your car abandoned on 9th and St. Clair? But, like, that didn't happen. So, <laughs> Coltia and Lawrence have talked about it endlessly, obviously. Like, why the fuck didn't they call us and tell us that they had our car? Yeah. And they they wonder if the tow company or whatever told the police like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We'll let them know the car is here and just didn't. And because then if you don't come and get your car, a lot of tow places will like auction off the car to make money or mm -hmm. sell it out for parts or whatever. So they wonder if it was just easier for them to be like, mm, nope. No one claimed the car. Oh, well. And they could just, like, make money off of it. Oh, that's fucking also illegal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like if your car is getting towed, cop shows up, tows it. The, the tow trucks are essentially like a contract for you, like, as a police officer to go handle that. But you're the one that's putting it there you're the one responsible for notifying the owner yeah this is your car we have contacted a tow truck to bring them out like yeah the, then you're just ad adding levels on levels of corruption if it was I like i i personally thought that any kind of towing involved within a municipality is the, it's the municipality's responsibility to notify you but i don't think that's probably not always the case in the states no, I don't think it Especially is always by, the like, case. Because the states have different fucking laws because of states and the way it's set up, unlike Canada. Yeah. But yeah. I think that it's really just dependent on where you are, what the bylaws are. Because a lot of the time, a parking infraction is literally because you violated whatever the bylaw is. Mm -hmm. So then that is like it, <laughs> so unique to the area you're in. And I don't think people are always notified. Even if you watch like fucking parking wars on A&E, half the time they just sweep in there, take your car and you kind of go from impound lot to impound yeah, lot but, looking for it. But, that, but that's my thing there. Like the, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. I, but it's still in the city. Like the city fucking did that. Anyway, yeah. And it's the just fact that there was a cop involved with it who yeah. all they had to have done is, take 48 seconds to dig through the car dispatch to have someone look up the name 
Goldia Colden because this car is sitting here. And hopefully there would have been some way for the system to recognize that. Goldia's put in other like complaints or, you know, um, concerns that her daughter's missing. But I think that this is just logical to us, but I really don't think things work that way. I think they obviously don't. They obviously should. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, how like every almost every fucking interaction, a cop is running the plates, right? Like, yeah, a cop will just sit there and run plates for fun. Yeah, I remember I was driving home from a movie. Oh, you can so at, like, tell when you're getting tailed and they're running yeah, the plates. And I was driving in Georgetown, by the way, which is just fucking like no one's a threat in georgetown almost no. ever it's just a hoity-toity town but uh i was me being fucking caffeine addicted was going for a coffee at one in the morning and that's a- well your schedule is different than most people that's- you stay up all night and sleep all day yeah and that so was 1 a.m to you was like 1 p.m to anyone else yeah so that was obviously <laughs> suspicious for the cop so i was he like started tailing me um in a very nice neighborhood I'm driving not a beat-up car, right? <laughs> You're driving like it, a girl's car. Yeah, I was driving my mom's Kia Sorento, I think. <laughs> oh, I thought uh, you were talking about your Mazda. No. <laughs> I love that car, though. It's great. And he, he was just tailing me, and he tailed me for, like, five minutes. And then finally pulled me over on, like, a completely different road. Um, After, like, legitimately five minutes of tailing me. Hey, and, then, and, he, and then he comes up, and he obviously does the, like, I'm just checking to see if you're drunk. Or if you're mm. high, something smell in the car. But then he goes like, when he realizes like, oh, yeah, like the, none of that's none of that's <laughs> my bag. And then I, I think I was watching Beyond the Pines. That's where I watched. But anyway, the the one about a corrupt cop. <laughs> so because he was like, is it good? And I'm like, eh, it's all right. The place beyond the pines. Place beyond the pines. But um. Oh, you're watching your man crush. Yeah, can't wait for Barbie Girl. Anyways, Barbie girl. And um, I want to watch Barbie's going to be great. Uh, go watch it exclusively I'm going for to make Ryan you Gosling. Watch Barbie. But yeah, and my taillight was out and that was it. Oh. He's held me for five minutes and he was just running my plates. Oh, yeah. So I don't understand at- why their systems aren't beefed up to be able to say like, um, like this is rudimentary. Like we like if you work at a company, they have a record of their customers and it'll have every interaction they ever have with them. I know. Every phone call, what it was about, notes about this person. So if you run a plate with Goldie and it goes, fucking, she's reported that her daughter's missing. And you'd be like, oh, oh, they're maybe missing- I will call other police officers into the scene to go inspect this car. I know. Anyway. This is probably what Lawrence and Goldia talk about every day. Like, what the actual? I did not call fuck? her. I called her Goldie by accident. Sorry. Goldia. Goldia. But it's insane, right? It's just, it makes your brain hurt. This is me all week just like trying to sift through this, put it in a way that's at least some semi comprehensible and a timeline and elaborate on it in ways that make sense because it's just so frustrating mm-hmm. and then it's like trying to put your emotions to the side while you're writing it to be like no just get something manageable out because the whole time i'm researching it and listening to goldia do interviews and stuff i'm just like what the actual fuck is going on yeah it's, it's just like literally the worst handled case with the laziest people ever or something deeper it, is going it on genuinely reeks of like this rot when you have a I know, like, there's going to be people who are going to come at me for this one, but it reeks of the rot of when a police force 
has given up on a certain community mm-hmm. and they refuse to because it's just so rough they refuse to properly go through the motions so if they go like uh oh it's part b of a town that's usually rough they go well that's par for the course go do go drive by and do the bare minimum at best and then get that's out. true plus it is regarded as a very in 2011 a very impoverished area mm-hmm. um no police presence no funding for anything mm-hmm. like sort of a ghetto yeah like yeah exactly like the the type of place where like the cops are like whoa we're too good for this area we don't spend time here the cops speed past the area like they're going through it like if they're in it they're going through it yeah yeah so i don't know maybe we'd had a lot of tangents in there but if you have to talk about it talk it through because it's so much information that your brain is trying to think about logically but you can't because it doesn't make any fucking sense so Mm -hmm. i just thought all that was it's obviously good to talk about there's a lot of like irregularities that should be picked apart and called into question because there's these huge parts of the timeline of events and exactly what happened that aren't really established that we don't really have set concrete answers on because people just aren't fucking caring yeah because like and you have to talk about these things and go on these tangents just because something's not fucking right and there seems to be a just disconnect in all these different spots and you have to talk it through going why possibly could this have been the case yeah what led to this that led to that that ultimately led to this two-week delay yeah in investigating where phoenix went Mm -hmm. like so also by all of what we just talked about happened on january 1st that was all what was happening on january 1st two weeks since phoenix had disappeared so the next day on january 2nd Goldia, Lawrence, and volunteers searched the area where the car was, you know, reported to have been found. Who knows if that's actually where the car was, but mm-hmm. good Lord. It's where the car was reported to have been found and towed from. So they all go there to search, see if they can find any clues, leads, anything like that. Goldia brought flyers with her so um, she could stop and hand them out or if people were passing by just hand them out hang them up on street poles anything like that yeah um she even would like stop passing vehicles <laughs> just be like here take this flyer oh okay. like she was hardcore yeah and the area like i've said a million times was rural it was a bit sketchy and lawrence and goldia had been going through wooded areas um sides of the road sifting through like really tall grass just in case they came across any clues relating to phoenix or the devastating potential that they would find phoenix herself yeah and that reality kind of hit goldia that they're sifting through wooded areas and grass and abandoned buildings and all these things potentially looking for phoenix's body Mm-hmm. And she said that she had to stop and just take a step back from it because she, to this day, is certain that Phoenix is not dead. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be looking for her body. And so one of the volunteers stepped in to help Lawrence go through the wooded areas, grass, all of that. And Goldia just went back to hating flyers because she was like, I can't look for my daughter's body. 
Yeah. And after Goldia and Lawrence led their own search with their own volunteers, police from St. Louis County in Missouri, and then the state police teamed up to conduct a search using cadaver dogs, tracker dogs, and a helicopter. Mm -hmm. But they found nothing. And after that search turned up nothing, Goldia and Lawrence felt like no one from any sort of authority cared about Phoenix's disappearance. They kind of just came out there to put on a show because Goldia and Lawrence are making a lot of noise about it. And then didn't really do anything else. They felt like the authorities were pretty dismissive Mm -hmm. about Phoenix's disappearance. They didn't believe that people were paying attention. There was hardly any media coverage. Yeah. No one really really even knew who Phoenix was or that she was missing. And they believed that the lack of interest overall was due to her race because Phoenix is black. Right. So they think like, well, it's not like a, a pretty white girl with blonde hair and blue eyes being plastered everywhere Mm -hmm. it's a black woman like people at least in goldia's perspective she's like people could care less about that well like i mean like she's right yeah (laughs) it's like it'll run a cycle if you're lucky for like two or three hours but it's not gonna be a week like other people yeah it's gonna in all likelihood if you're lucky it's gonna run the segment news cycle and that's That's about it and then just kind of fall off So health expert Dr. Oz of the former daytime television talk show Oz. (laughs) Yeah. He had Goldia on the show. Former candidate Dr. Oz. Oh, right. Republican, wasn't he? Yeah, Republican candidate. God. So, (laughs) you know, good old Dr. Oz. He had Goldia on the show because she suffers from health issues and panic attacks and all a whole slew of things as a result of her daughter being missing. Okay. And rightfully so. You're literally looking for your daughter that you have no idea where she is because she seems to have vanished off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And so he asked her why she thinks the media wouldn't cover the case. And she said, quote, I hate to say it, but first of all, in our United States, we have too much division. There's just too much division about so-called races. It tears me up inside to say it, but it's true, and we need to stop this in this country because we're better than this. Phoenix is just as important as anybody else. Because that was her stance on it. Yep, that's a good stance. Mm-hmm. So getting nowhere with authorities or media or anything helpful, Goldia and Lawrence took matters into their own hands. Lawrence searched through... All of the abandoned buildings that he could in East St. Louis from top to bottom looking for any sign of his daughter. And Goldia spent countless hours talking to local sex workers and drug dealers and anyone to see if they had any leads. Mm -hmm. If Phoenix was involved in anything with them that would lead to her, you know, in any sort of like nefarious activity that would lead to her being abducted or going missing or whatever yeah to just essentially disappear yes yeah um together they even contacted the black and missing foundation to use their platform to help garner attention for phoenix's case Mm -hmm. and they hired their first private investigator which is a man named c foster okay so i don't know if we've maybe in daniel robinson i mentioned the black and missing foundation I don't know if I did, though, but 
just a little thing here if you're wondering about the Black and Missing Foundation. I pulled this from their website, mm-hmm. blackandmissinginc.com. Black and Missing Foundation was established as a nonprofit organization whose mission is to bring awareness to missing persons of color, provide vital resources and tools to missing persons, families, and friends, and to educate the minority community on personal safety. Okay. And the website, you can even go on there and you can report a missing person of color. You can search for a missing person of color. Um, there's re- tons of resources. You can donate. It's really an amazing website Mm -hmm. so this private investigator they hired steve foster he dug deeper into phoenix's life uh and as he did that her disappearance sort of grew stranger because there was this evidence that phoenix had a secret life or at least a life that she hid from her parents and that was stuff that came to the surface as steve dug into it so he discovered that phoenix had two birth certificates, one in her mother's maiden name and one in her adoptive name, so Phoenix Reeves and Phoenix Colden. Right. He learned that Phoenix did not enroll in any fall semester classes, which is definitely weird because she's a junior, which is her third year. She has one year left. Mm -hmm. Why would you just bail? Mm -hmm. He also learned that she had two cell phones. Her mm-hmm. one cell phone was paid for and used by her, paid for by her parents. Yeah. And obviously they are they are quite overprotective of her. So she had a second one that she used only. It was a secret phone and she paid for it, took care of it, didn't let her parents know about it. And she was using this secret cell phone to communicate with different men and specifically one man who's unnamed that obviously she was in contact with a lot but it wasn't her secret boyfriend it was a totally different person yeah and this man is apparently known to have been violent he had a restraining order against him he wasn't a great person i don't know if she was communicating with him in some sort of like relationship way or if he was um, a drug dealer or a pimp or something like that. I really don't know. Yeah. But regardless, not a good character. Mm-hmm. And that's who she was communicating with on this secret cell phone. Yeah, that's not a good sign. No. No, that screams sex trafficking and uh, mm-hmm. prostitution rings. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, you know, I don't even really want to say sex work because at least sex work kind of means a woman has some liberties about what she's going to be doing. Yeah, that's yeah. Sex trafficking is probably more. Well, you said like a prostituting thing. And yeah, a prostitution ring. Yeah, yeah. Usually involves someone like a what did it say here? A known to be violent man. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this because this is coming off the what the fuck that other idiot Andrew Tate getting arrested thing. But like, oh lord, what I don't like is like a like this kind of shit has taken like a whole different um, mutation, I guess with with the times we're in so sex trafficking has almost turned into like you know when you think of sex trafficking you think of like okay they're physically taking this person right away and you know basically putting them in the rooms with clients or whatever clients fucking sorry that is not the right word i know what you mean and but like now it's taken another mutation where 
they're selling them online mm-hmm. as like um like camera type mm-hmm. entertainment shit but they still keep them in captivity they still do all this kind of weird fucked up shit um, that's the scarier part too is that you can literally confine someone to a room never let them leave and make money off of them yeah but anyway that's i get i get really creeped out when i start finding out that that that's the kind of world we're we potentially may be looking at it's horrifying yeah it's and she's it's so a fucking naive nightmare. She's so naive. She's lived this very sheltered life, mm-hmm. very religious, very overbearing parents. Yeah. Um, it makes you susceptible <sighs> to and you're fine. what would be a fairly easy to spot red flag. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. When Steve Foster, the uh, PI, was digging in to her background finding all of this stuff he also found a video that was recorded by phoenix right before she disappeared i think it was about like three weeks or a month before she disappeared mm-hmm. and in the video she was speaking like pretty candidly about wanting to start over and wanting to be happy and stuff like that um and some people think that the video offered insight into phoenix's mind and feelings mm-hmm. but it's it did not offer any sort of insight into where she might have gone, what happened to her, what she was up to. It just showed that she was upset. Mm-hmm. And Goldia says that the video has nothing to do with her disappearance. And she wishes that people would stop relating it to her disappearance because she says that the context behind the video was just a young woman who's upset that her boyfriend broke up with her. So she was sad and she didn't want the relationship to be over. Goldia thinks that people put too much weight on the video, wanting to sensationalize it and use it as like a crutch to say that Phoenix was having some sort of emotional breakdown. Um, But Goldia says people are inflating it way too much. It was literally a private moment, a video diary of sorts, and it shouldn't have been seen by the world. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned that because if other people are familiar with this case, they'll probably immediately associate everyone talking about that video that came okay. out. Yeah. And um, I didn't watch the video. I didn't look for the video. I have, what episode was it? I think it was episode 13, maybe, when we did the disappearance of Tom and Eileen Lonergan. Right. I remember it, yeah. I have a huge problem with people, like, digging into people's diaries Unless you're saying hardcore facts in a diary that can be easily proven and is like a major piece of evidence that says like this person did this or this is exactly what happened. I don't think you should dive into people's feelings in a diary. Yeah. Um, because that is like obviously a place you think is private. Um I know from personal experience, if someone read my diary, I would be mortified Mm -hmm. because I don't typically write in a diary when I'm like have a rainbow coming out my ass. Yeah, I write in a diary or use a diary when I have to process very intense things I'm feeling. Yeah. And also like it's not I don't understand the angle that you can take by watching a video like that. Look at her. She's like, obviously depressed. She has an emotional breakdown. Look, she's saying she wants to start over and be the, happy. The only time that that makes sense to me are in very specific circumstances. And there's a like a justifiable reason to be going at mm-hmm. this diary. So, for example, 
you could look at really fucked up situations like um mass shootings or something where you're like what the fuck was the rationale behind this and the, the cops just want to make sure it's not like terrorism related then okay you can right? draw a very That's, particular line there though yeah like, like there, yeah there's a, a there's, connect a thread easily yeah there has to be a reason if someone has disappeared and there's no reason to you're think trying that, to make a meaning out of someone saying i just want to start over and be happy that yeah something like, like that is not equated to like i know where people are probably trying to go with it that it's suicide or something like that and they're trying to find a rationale and a, a mindset but you, no you just kind of dug into this girl's diary yeah at the end of the day that's what you did and she's not saying anything like that no and she, so I'm, I'm completely with the mom here fuck off with this unless she was saying in that video um I I just want to start over. I want to be happy. So I'm going, I plan on going to a place like this with people like that. Yeah, unless she lays and out a plan. that's where I'm hoping to have a fresh start and really find myself, something like that. Then you yeah. can say, that's interesting. She did specifically mention, you know, like the West Coast or some shit. Let's dig into that let's see if there's a connection there because she's saying that's where she wants to go to start over and be happy yeah. but that it was not happening here one that's fucking out of character and two do you know how fucking hard it is to just up and disappear <laughs> you can't just up and disappear ask the guy that jumped out of a fucking airplane with a bag of cash that one time <laughs> okay <laughs> cooper yeah so anyway i thought i would mention that just because um Goldia has a very strong stance on it, and mm-hmm. um, I think that her opinions are very important here. It's her daughter. She's the one who's going to fight for her daughter in this case until the end of time. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to say how she feels about it. And sure. I do share pretty much the same opinion that I don't think any diary of sorts, whether it's a video diary, a written diary, whatever, I don't think that's anyone's business. No, that shouldn't have made it out. Again, within reason, like we were talking about. But, yeah. You know. Well, even manifestos. The guys that went on a shooting spree on uh, around BC made their way. They were thinking they were making their way into uh, Western Canada, like, like Alberta region. They ended up finding them, like, not very far from where they had done this, all their crimes. And they had killed themselves, and there was a recording of their manifesto on the phone. Police confirmed it. They said, yeah, it exists. You're never going to see it. Mm-hmm. Same situation should have applied here. You're never going to see it. It's not rela- It's not of public interest, and it should not have been released. It shouldn't have been available. Yeah. So It's no one's business. Yeah. Even if there was something relevant on there, then maybe it could have been shared amongst people relevant to it the mom could have justified the mom could have made a decision saying yeah and that's basically what she's saying is like it wasn't for everyone to see please stop talking about it Mm -hmm. it's my daughter in a very vulnerable private moment yeah i'd be fucking livid so goldia and lawrence were contacted by a man in texas who claimed to know where phoenix was Mm -hmm. and they were very hopeful of this mystery man telling them that I don't know where your daughter is. I don't so, like this mystery man. No. Oh. So they spent a what's quoted as a small fortune on getting resources, getting another round of private investigators to follow up on this tip and take this man's lead seriously. And then the man admitted that he made it all up. Oh, fuck you. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, my God. Disgusting. Since 2021, Goldia has worked with private investigators um, Andrew and Vanessa Wayland through the nonprofit organization Private Investigations for the Missing to continue searching for Phoenix and pursue any new leads and tips. And they're pretty much just taking everything from ground zero and reinvestigating everything, looking into everything, getting a feel for literally anything, everything. Fresh perspective with new eyes. Yeah. Really focusing on it. So according to investigationsforthemissing.org, part of the mission statement for private investigations for the missing seeks to, at no cost, fill that need of providing families with qualified expert investigators to work on their loved one's case and hopefully locate or bring some form of closure for them. So it's a pretty good resource and nonprofit for people who really do need another set of eyes, Mm -hmm. hands, whatever, to help them. They're all hopeful that an amazing tip will come in or someone with vital information will finally come forward But in the meantime, Phoenix has remained missing for over 11 years, and all we're left with is theories and speculation as to what happened to her just one week before Christmas. So with that, we'll end off here with some theories and maybe have a chance to elaborate more on it, see if what we've been talking about throughout this whole episode and good points you made maybe connect with some of the theories, the popular theories. We'll see. Okay. So Phoenix vanished in a dilapidated and crime-widden, crime-widden port of East St. Louis. That is a known hotspot for... Human trafficking. Yay. In a statement posted by the Missouri Sheriff's Association, a dude named State Representative Nathan Tate, he said that, (laughs) quote, the St. Louis metro region is one of the top 20 areas in the country for human trafficking. Oh. So where Phoenix's car was found on 9th and St. Clair, the intersection... Uh, it's right off of a highway exit, like on and off ramp. Oh, no. And that highway, which is Interstate 70, runs right through the city. And that's where the car is found. Mm-hmm. It provides easy access to anyone looking to move things, like including people, like literally anything when it comes to nefarious purposes. And I-70 is a major east to west highway that turns sorry that runs from cove fort utah to i-695 in baltimore maryland which makes it the fifth longest interstate in america okay so that is why it's like a fucking hot spot um while there is no official estimate of human trafficking victims in the united states Polaris, an organization aimed at preventing human trafficking, estimates that the number reaches into the hundreds of thousands. And a little bit about Polaris. They were founded in 2002, and it's named for the North Star, which people held in slavery in the United States used as a guide to navigate their way to freedom. Polaris helps victims and survivors through their 
National Human Trafficking Hotline. They're building a data set that illuminates how human trafficking really works in real time. And they're turning what they learn um, knowledge-wise into targeted strategies to disrupt and prevent human trafficking. You know what? Like, I, I have a feeling that people are, one, they're already fucking heroes. Yeah. Doing that. Polarisproject.org, by the way. Yeah. And two, I cannot stress how fucking important, I mean, beyond the obvious of keeping a record in a data set like this is for current use i cannot stress how fucking important that's going to be in the future oh absolutely when computers are sophisticated enough to analyze this kind of shit on the level of like volume that they've mm -hmm. obviously been calculating like it's, it's, it's going to be such a good tool like we're talking about ai shit and all that kind of stuff and yeah. i know you already know i've been on a fucking kick on it <laughs> but that sent me down a road of um listening to a bunch of podcasts and and reading a bunch of news articles on the consequences of the this big boom in AI and they're saying you know in a few years these this kind of information that we have these data sets um they're going to be using the AI specifically to uh create intelligence reports that's so amazing yeah so now you can think of it like no one that's not fun intelligence reports that's fucking lame but in cases like this that's fucking Phenomenal. that's a floodgate because it's it doesn't it's not uh restricted to the brain power that we have right so yep anyway they're fucking heroes for doing that mm -hmm. god bless them for fucking ensuring that there's a legacy and a record here I found so, it in 2002 as well so yeah i don't know exactly when they started creating the sort of data set and the database and stuff but i mean it's been around for a while so they probably have tons of data mm-hmm so it is really, really cool. That's why I was like, I'll elaborate on that a little bit more because this is amazing. You're right. These people are heroes. Yeah. So, yeah, that is the sex trafficking sort of angle. Um, you already had touched on it thinking like I think what you said was like just given the area where the car has gone missing, you already get a really creepy vibe of the second phone, <clears throat> the second birth certificate. Yeah. The guy fits the profile mm -hmm. and also the fact that like i'm sure our listeners already know this but in case you don't sex trafficking isn't just like a walking down it's not always just walking down the street one day and you get picked up no it's usually a grooming type situation yes, yes. you're usually groomed by people you trust or are building a relationship with or whatever it's mm -hmm. not usually just like they say about like people being kidnapped if a kid is kidnapped very rarely is it a stranger drives by in a white truck and mm -hmm. throws you in their creepy white van or whatever. Yeah. It's almost always someone you're familiar with who's been grooming you or is familiar with your family or is infiltrating the family in some way. Yeah, they have been on the outskirts at the very least. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a good point to make about sex trafficking and human trafficking mm -hmm. is that it's typically someone who's grooming you and setting you up to be able to really get you yep. away from your life and capitalize off of you. Yep. <laughs> and yep. the fact that where the car is abandoned is literally, according to State Representative Nathan Tate, is in one of the country's top 20 areas of human trafficking. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell by the location. I mean... On the fifth longest interstate. Yeah, it's the interstate that does it for me. Right off. Because we're... We have yeah. the same situation, right? With the is it the four hundred one or the four hundred three? Well, the four hundred one is 
Well, which what do you mean though? What do you? The one of them is is because of our proximity. I think it's to the four hundred one. That's the four hundred one. Yeah, it makes it a like super highway for fucking sex trafficking. Yep. And okay, yeah. we can just go right on over into Michigan. Yeah, it's proximity. I'll show you here on Google Maps how close it is to the highway. Mm-hmm. So gotta go down it down it it really does run right through east st louis gotta move my laptop and my microphone so yellow (laughs) that's all of the highways yeah that's interstate 70 right there that's running sort of northwest to southeast Mm -hmm. and that's ninth ave and that yellow road right here is st Clair. so it's by all of the yeah. on ramps and you can see that little circle right there that's the roundabout yep. it was not a roundabout in 2011 this was just a shitty straight through and this is like this highway infrastructure is... wasn't as sophisticated it was a lot more ghetto yeah but this is the perfect spot um if someone's coming down the inner the the highway that you would come off the the off ramp pick her up and get right back on because it's literally like she's just by the entrance like yeah. she's just by the on ramp to the highway. It's an it is it's an actual like cross a, like a T, or like an I don't know a cross intersection mm-hmm. with Interstate seventy, Interstate sixty four, fifty five. It's a huge highway on and off ramp. Yeah, and, and you wouldn't really you be able out, to easily ascertain where where she fucking went from that direction. No, you don't know if they went more northwest to continue on to I-70 if they went southwest this down to, to 55. This has to feel like for investigators coming up to that section, knowing that this is a hot spot for human trafficking, finding that car there specifically must feel like following your compass and then it just starts spinning. That's exactly right. Yeah. Because there are so many ways it could have gone. And then even if you zoom out a little bit, so... See, that's the the lake or the river. The Mississippi River is also the state line. Okay. So right here is St. Louis, Missouri, where she's from. Yep. And that's East St. Louis, across uh, west across the river. Yeah. So it is really close. But if you just zoom out a little bit, like look at all of that yellow. All of that is highways all and those stuff. Roads. Yeah, or highways. The mean. blue signs are like more major interstates. But this line right here that goes west to east. That is like the major one, and that goes right through St. Louis or East St. Louis. Okay. And the car was found there. Yeah. So, she yeah, it it would still it would very much fit the profile if they're looking into human trafficking. Mm-hmm. The other theory, the popular theory, is that she obviously met some sort of foul play. After Phoenix disappeared, all activity on her bank accounts, social media accounts, and cell phone stopped, suggesting that she could have met foul play in some sort, and it resulted in her death. Uh, The article just says cell phone, so I'm assuming that means the one that her parents uh, paid for and used, because they would have been able to clearly see, like, this has no activity because mm-hmm. steve foster the pi had found that she has two mm-hmm. i don't know where the second one is i don't think anyone knows where the second one is it's probably was with her yeah so yeah that's obviously a huge red flag when 
you're not withdrawing any money or using your account unless she had set up another one in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, foul play of some sort. There was a theory that floated around that maybe her secret boyfriend had something to do with it, with her disappearance. Mm-hmm. I have no details about that other than it. it's just made clear that he was cleared of any wrongdoing. He didn't have anything to do with her disappearance. He did break up with her before she went missing. And that's right. why she was so upset. Um, I don't know. I'll take this with a grain of salt, but it is still like kind of a creepy thing to say. Um, and it was also in an article that Goldia says should be taken with a grain of salt entirely. Okay. So the ex-girlfriend of this secret boyfriend once asked him if he knew where Phoenix was. And he replied, why are you worrying about someone who's dead? Okay. So some people are like, whoa, he knows she's dead. Mm -hmm. And it's really a 50-50 of if she's dead or alive. And he obviously is on the side of the fence where he thinks she's dead. Because investigators have said, this guy has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I I take nothing from that at all. So, Uh, And I I don't know how you would responsibly... (laughs) Right? I, I mean, know. I don't know whether they were close or not after that breakup. If they were close, that sounds like a um a guy going through it. Yeah. If they weren't, sounds like maybe a guy he's going just a bit it. of a douchebag. I don't know. <laughs> he probably I, is. Yeah. I I don't know. I take nothing from that, and I I judge nothing out of that. That's just. I am with you. Yeah. I just wanted to include it because it is a theory, and people have mentioned it. So. Yeah. I mean, you got to cover it because people are talking about it. People I would, come away I, from this podcast, start hearing shit like that, and they don't contextualize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you though. I'm like, whatever. He just said he's probably a dumbass. He just just was like, I don't want to talk about my ex. Okay, why are you worrying about someone who's dead? Yeah, like who knows? Um. So in regards to meeting foul play, another theory is that she got involved with the wrong people. Um. Lawrence and Goldia have both suggested that during the months before she disappeared, she may have gotten involved with people who are into sex work or drugs or both and phoenix had obviously been keeping secrets from her parents and her friends and there's evidence to suggest that in the months leading up to her disappearance she was talking to those multiple different men red flag central is the fact that she had two cell phones and one was her secret cell phone so yeah was this for talking to men for sex in some sort of sex work that she was doing on the side is it yeah like a work phone yeah basically. is it for drugs was she she was a university student did she have easy you know like clients in university that she could push drugs for these people at mm-hmm. like i don't think it's that unreasonable no because you like you don't know that it's not like you can just meet someone and like no like person's fucking selling drugs on the side like yeah. you can have a close loved one and you might not know that if no, they choose to hide it from you parents it's their only child yeah they obviously look at her even to this day and have rose-colored glasses on like this is my baby this is my child mm-hmm. she is amazing she is so well-rounded and smart and intelligent there's no way someone like my phoenix could possibly be into this into sex work or drugs or something yeah but goldia at least has said 
she does believe Phoenix was probably involved with some the wrong type of people, run in with a new crowd. She was in university and trying to live this independent life. It's mm-hmm. very possible that it was the wrong people. And I don't know. Pretty reasonable to me. Yeah. Like this is exactly what you would Yeah. Like if right now we were sitting here and I know exactly what your cell phone is. I know your cell phone case. You've had the same phone since I've known you really. And if all of a sudden you pull out a phone that was totally different. A fucking burner phone. If it was a burner phone, I would just die laughing and then ask what was wrong. <laughs> um, but it would be bizarre unless you didn't have a specific, like, if you're like, oh, you know, my job is giving me this phone. It's my work phone. I have to be on it all the time. Yeah. It's obviously my work phone. Yeah. But this isn't her work phone. She's a university student. Her parents pay for her cell phone. Why would she need another cell phone? And when you're in university, you're not spending money on that kind of shit. No. If you don't have to. Exactly. You're trying to be very frugal about shit. She probably wasn't paying for the second cell phone either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. I don't know. <laughs> My mind. Sorry, I have like 8,000 thoughts and they all just got stuck in the door. Yeah. <laughs> syndrome. So, uh, no trace of Phoenix has been found. There was apparently no evidence of foul play in the car and police said that the only DNA found in Phoenix's car belonged to Phoenix and Goldia and Lawrence. So foul play can't be ruled in or out mm-hmm. if we're basing the crime scene off of that car. But she usually she usually just could have met people there, got out of that car, hopped into the other car, and just never returned. Hey, you know what I noticed? What? No DNA but hers, eh? Or her parents. In the car, yeah. Yeah, just hers. and None her- of that cops, huh? <laughs> hmm. there's an officer listening to this just sweating buckets right now <laughs> it's like where are these where are these people located are these they're wait what was that they're, they're canadian okay 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 good fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they're canadian though it's fine yeah hmm. anyway astute yeah all right and the final major theory is that she ran away it's the most persistent theory, apparently, according to something I must have read, because I don't know why I wrote that. Um, well, it probably kept coming up. Yeah, uh, I think that must be it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that doesn't say Phoenix. That says what well, looks like Filbert. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to pause it? <laughs> Filbert? It's fine. I just fixed it. So it didn't say Filbert. The fuck? Okay. Uh, Yeah, she ran away. Um, That's the apparently most persistent theory. She came from a strict religious household. She was homeschooled most of her life. The video message that Steve Foster found says that she wanted to start over and be happy. Maybe she wanted to escape and be free from any restrictions. Her parents were quite overbearing and involved with her life friends of phoenix's had reported that she had been fighting with her parents more than usual and she seemed really irritable and 
sort of paranoid in the days and weeks leading up to her disappearance. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't know how that equates to her running away, though, but... No. It sounds like she was worried about being tracked in some way. Yeah, so she just goes to the exact extreme. But at least if you... if I think that I said this is the most persistent theory because it if she just ran away, then it heavily implies that she is alive and well and living somewhere else, which is what her parents believe. Right. Um, there was a shred of hope when investigators found a woman named Phoenix Reeves living in Anchorage, Alaska. And they were like, shit, that's her like born name. And that would be where you go. Exactly. Yeah. So they investigated it. They were very hopeful that it was Phoenix Colden using her, um, the name she was born with. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. No. Also, and... why did it take that long to <laughs> find, find a name? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know these things. Yeah, I know. That I was... was a rhetorical question. That <laughs> was opposed to you. <laughs> so people were still hopeful that um, if she ran away, then she's likely alive, like I mentioned. And multiple people have apparently reported sightings of her since she disappeared. One of them, for example, was in 2014. Phoenix's friend, Kelly, said that she saw Phoenix boarding the same flight as her. And that the woman reacted when Kelly said Phoenix's name. The woman was traveling with several other young men and two women. And the men looked like they could be pro football players, is the quote. So they must have been, like, jacked. Yeah. Uh, But after Kelly kept trying to get, you know, the supposed woman that looks like Phoenix's attention and the other women, they were, like, obviously ignoring her, like, they were instructed to just sit there and not engage. Mm-hmm. That's this one. I okay. sighting. Parents, uh, parents, parents is Phoenix. That's what I was about to say. Mm-hmm. Phoenix's parents do not believe that she willingly ran away. Uh, they repeatedly f- refuted this theory that she just left. Yeah. Um, Goldia said Phoenix had everything that she needed and most of the things that she wanted. So I couldn't see any reason why she would want to run away from that. Mm-hmm. While she doesn't believe Phoenix willingly ran away, she does believe that her daughter is still alive. Goldia said Phoenix once called her since she's disappeared and that she heard her voice and she knows it was her voice. But the police said that they looked into this phone call. And it was actually from a girl in Los Angeles that was either playing with her phone or prank calling Goldia because Goldia's number is plastered absolutely everywhere as the main contact for information on Phoenix. Mm -hmm. So the police are like, I'm sorry to tell you, but it was definitely a prank call. Mm -hmm. But Goldia, you know, says. No, it's not. It was my daughter. I know it. Which is, you know. I'm not a mother with a missing daughter, so I don't know. But I've just, it's something I've heard in other cases where there's a missing person. Mm-hmm. The one the one that comes to mind is Johnny Gosh, who went missing. And his mom insists that Johnny came to visit her when he was, you know, older. Mm-hmm. Just to say hi and show that he was still alive. And there's other people with missing kids who say they get a call and they know. Yeah. 
So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, those are the three most popular theories. Dyson, what do you think? Do you have anything to add? No, I just, I, I, something's so fucked with that cop. I'm sorry. So, like that, if I were to look at this, that's where I would start again. Yeah, and that's where they want to start. And Goldie has like, always like wringing people's necks basically like fuck you talk to me what you need to tell me exactly what happened i don't care if you were lying but you have to tell me exactly what happened and no one does yeah i don't know like i yeah and so that's fucked something's wrong there i don't like it if something fucking smells you have to look at it um and then the other thing too is just like i don't know if people don't just disappear like and and just started like it's very hard I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's very fucking hard to just disappear and start a new life and cops can't fucking find you and your friends can't fucking find you. Your mother can't fucking find you. And also, you know, that's all jumping ahead to the fact that you had gone from being very tight knit family to making that decision. That alone is almost extraordinary. So I have a very hard time believing that she just chose to leave. And I feel like a lot of people are doing that and taking advantage of the fact that they got to see some very personal video and make a decision. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like, that's kind of how people operate, right? I mean, I can't fault them. People hear about a uh, something, a, a story like this. They get infatuated with a mystery and they want to know an answer. And then they come across this kind of very personal video and they want to make up their mind that that is the reason they left. And I'm sorry, I know that's, a very human thing to do but it's also a very gross thing to do and i'm not here for that <laughs> mm-hmm. i don't think that was the case at all and i i think she was coerced in some way i think the fact that there was two phones and specifically a very sh- shady character tied to that phone yeah is enough for me to go that's where your problem is mm-hmm. and so i think that it is either a situation in which someone's been trafficked or a situation in which someone was trafficked and subsequently uh, killed. Um, but I'm not going to say that she's killed. I'm not going to make a decision like that. But Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that sounds like trafficking. It's a hybrid of she met foul play along with sex trafficking or trafficking. Yeah, because I mean, like, like I said, it's very hard for someone to fucking up and disappear, even if you're fucking trafficked. Yes. Right? Um, usually you hear stories about people who are trafficked who will lie about the fact or not recognize the fact that they are currently trafficked. Yeah, that's a big one is not recognized because yeah. like you already made the point of saying sometimes you you don't even realize it's a slow burn. It's just like um, any sort of abuse. You're slowly where... becoming farther and farther yeah. away from the people you love, which is exactly what we heard from the mom. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then, yeah, and then I... That's it to me. That's exa- that's up until she left that car. That's the only decision I can make. That that's what I think happened after that car, after she got out of that car. I don't know. I I pretty much have the exact same opinion as you. I think that she was rebelling in her own way. She was trying to live a new, different lifestyle, one that wasn't so restrictive and religion-based, and she was trying to gain independence. She was finally in school as an adult. I think that she 
met a new crowd of people or a new community of people or whatever you want to call it and got in way over her head mm -hmm. and something happened to her. I don't know exactly what happened to her. If she was straight up abducted for trafficking, if she was abducted for some other nefarious reason and foul play was met, I don't know, but I'm with you. I think it was sort of a slow burn thing where she was naive and in over her head. Mm -hmm. That's what I think as well. Yeah, on the same page. Police officer Benjamin Granda, a media relations officer for the St. Louis County Police Department, said his department has exhausted every lead and tip it has received and remains committed to the investigation. He said, quote, Phoenix has not been forgotten by any means. Our department is ready and prepared to dedicate any and all resources necessary should additional information become available in this case. Police have remained very tight-lipped about a lot of the details with this case, making it difficult to know exactly what transpired the day that she disappeared and in the subsequent days after that. I mean, example one, exhibit A, whatever, is Goldia not being allowed to access in any way the transcript of the 911 call. Mm -hmm. Very tight-lipped. The case is considered a cold case, but Phoenix's friends, family, and advocates, and the police are still willing to investigate and want to find out what happened to her. She disappeared one week before Christmas, and Goldia keeps the Christmas tree lit waiting for her daughter to return. If you know anything about the disappearance of Phoenix Colden, please contact your local FBI office. Goldia and Lawrence directly at 314-229-6673. Call the St. Louis County Police Department at 314-615-5317 or send a tip to the Private Investigations for the Missing or the Black and Missing Foundation through their websites. And we'll put links in the show notes because I said all of that fast. Mm -hmm. Phoenix's description, uh, as of today, she would be 34 years old. She's a black woman with curly dark brown reddish hair she has brown eyes she wears glasses she was last when she was last seen she was five foot six inches and weighed between 125 and 130 pounds if you see phoenix you're urged to take a picture get a license plate number a description of her or anyone she's with and call with your tip immediately to everything i just said above that's the disappearance of Phoenix Holden. It's a long one. I didn't know it was going to run that long, but I'll go down these rabbit holes and I'm sorry. <laughs> I also went on so many tangents and took you with me. So that's mainly my fault. So yes, thank you for bearing with another long episode because I know the one last week was long as well. So next week, something short and sweet. Mm -hmm. um, links are will be in the show notes for all of the contact information and everything like our instagram our website stuff like that and uh yeah just make sure that you rate and review and subscribe to our show please it helps us grow and next week we'll be back for something short and sweet i'm not sure what but it'll be good and until then we'll catch you on the dark side bye bye <laughs> bye <laughs> bye